Hey, good morning, Life Center. Glad you made it through the snowstorm all the way to church. You are the brave souls. Come on, give yourself a hand. Amazing. That's right, Stormageddon has visited the Northwest once again. And uh, no, but seriously, glad, glad that you made it in today. And uh, so thankful to have you here. And can we just put our hands together and thank the worship team today for providing that incredible atmosphere. Man, I, my, my heart and my faith has been stirred all morning long, because did you know that God is still alive and moving? Um, and I don't know, some of you have been paying attention to the news. I had a few people text me, ask me, Tyler, what's, what's going on at this Asbury Seminary? What, what is happening? And, and here's what I want to remind you of, for those who maybe aren't aware, there was kind of this move that started happening a number of weeks ago in this small little town in Kentucky at a university seminary. And what happened was 19 students, after a message in a chapel, they stayed after to pray. And that turned into well over 100,000 people flooding into a 6,000-person town just to experience God's presence being poured out in a unique way. Do you know that, that God is present wherever we go, but there's times where he just shows up in a significant way. And so here's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for young people who are willing to linger and tarry, who are willing to simply put themselves before God and say, God, we repent, we need you, we want you to move. And the same God that showed up in that space is able to show up in this space today, amen? And so I just, I'm, I'm believing with all of my heart that God is preparing us as a nation, but even for us here in little old Pierce County, that God's gonna do something significant in our day, amen? And so today, uh, thanks so much for, for being here. We're gonna continue on in our series entitled, I Am. Can you say, I Am? I Am. I am. We're looking at seven I Am statements that Jesus makes in the gospel of John. And as we've talked about the last number of weeks, these I am statements are significant because Jesus isn't just using random words. He's actually revealing himself as the same God who spoke in the book of Exodus to Moses when Moses said, who should I say is sending me? And God simply responded to Moses from a burning bush. Tell them I am is sending you. That same God is now clothed in humanity through what we know as the incarnation. Jesus is God in the flesh. And seven different times in John's gospel, Jesus will make this declaration, I am. And so much so that the, the audience, they, they get a little bit frustrated. At one point, the audience, they, they pick up stones and they wanna kill Jesus. And we've looked over the last number of weeks, we've talked about some of these statements that Jesus makes. A number of weeks ago, we, we started this journey with Jesus in his declaration where he said, I am the bread of life. Can you say bread of life? Aren't you thankful that Jesus is the one who can actually meet every hungry need of our lives? He is the bread of life. Then we looked at his next statement where Jesus said that I am the light of the world. Can you say light of the world? We talked about Jesus just isn't, a light, he is the light of the world. Last week, if you missed last weekend, by the way, you need to jump on YouTube, you need to watch this message. Pastor Tyler Schaefer from our Rainier campus, that's right, the other Pastor Tyler S, was here. And he spoke on Jesus' statement, I am 
the gate. Come on, how many of you were here last weekend for that? Incredible, incredible message. One of my favorite moments was when he did all those impersonations. You know, he, he, he nailed Eric Bowles pretty well, by the way. You know, kind of where, when Eric gets going and that, that, that kind of high voice. And, but then I, I almost fell out of my chair when I was watching when he leaned forward and he said, I love you. It's like, oh man, he's been watching some game film. He's been studying me because he, he has me down. But if you missed last week, make sure you watch that. It's such an important word. And this week, we're going to go right back to John chapter 10. We're going to follow along where we left off Jesus talking about the gate because that's in a broader context of this simple truth that I want to share with you today. I've, I've entitled this message, A Shepherd You Can Trust. A shepherd you can trust. I remember vividly the, the first time that I went rock climbing. Shortly after college, one of my roommates from college had gone out, he had purchased all the gear, and he had gone through some training and spent a few months rock climbing, and he said, come on, Tyler, let's go rock climbing. So we headed up to North Bend, and it was my first time climbing on real rock cliffs. Now, this is radically different than going rock climbing at the YMCA, by the way, just in case you're wondering. And I, I'd, I'd never done this before. He showed me how to put on the harness, so I got all harnessed up, and there's a certain knot that you tie. It's called a figure eight knot with a stopper at the, at the top, so I had my figure eight knot with a stopper knot at the top. And, and then he described to me how the process works. He was going to be holding the rope. He was going to be the person who was the belayer. And I was going to be the person climbing. And he said, Tyler, before you start, there's, there's some words, there's some phrases that I need you to know and understand so that we can be safe. And I'm like, okay, I'm paying attention. And he said, when you're ready to go, you're going to say the phrase, on belay. And I will reply to you, belay on. And then when you're ready to climb, you're going to say climbing, and then I will reply when I'm ready for you to go, climb on. I said, Okay, sounds pretty easy. So I get everything tied up, get everything ready to go, and I look at them, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the right phrases because it's almost like this, this password to get going. And so I say, on belay. He says, belay on. I said, okay, climbing. He said, climb on. And so I began the journey of climbing up this, this cliff. And I remember little by little, I'm getting higher and higher up this rock face. And, and I'm liking the feeling. I'm making progress. It feels amazing. Until I reach the very end of the climb and I realize something up there that I did not think about down there. What do I do now? And so I'm at the top of the climb, I'm hanging onto this cliff, and I look down and I'm like, you didn't tell me the phrase from up here. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And he, he said these words, I will never forget these words. He says to me, just lean back, let go, and trust me. And I look over and I'm like, is there a different option? Because <laughs> here's what I realized in that moment. I really liked my friend, but I didn't fully trust him. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and for the next few minutes, I'm, I'm just, I'm hanging on for dear life and I'm, I'm negotiating with myself. I'm negotiating with God. I'm, I'm ignoring my friend. I'm just like, is there another option to get myself down? So I said to him, is there any other way? He says, no, you have to trust me. Can I tell you, the journey of climbing was a lot easier than the journey of letting go. Because I still had a feeling of control. You see, even at the top of the cliff, hanging on, I knew that I had a certain amount of strength, what I could bring to the equation. But the moment that I had to lean back, let go, and trust, it means that I no longer had control. And can we be honest, that is one of the greatest fears of our shared human condition, letting go. And here's what I want every individual to know and understand today. You can trust Jesus as your good shepherd. Here's what I know. There's a lot of people in our world. There's a lot of people in our nation. There's a lot of people in our city. They like Jesus, but they don't fully trust him. Because there's a moment in all of our lives that we come to where we're hanging from the cliff. And we call out to Jesus, Jesus, what's next? And he says this, lean back, let go, trust me. Can I remind you, that's what faith is. Faith isn't just gathering information about Jesus or or listening to stories about Jesus. Faith leads us to this place where we understand we see Jesus as our good shepherd. And we get to the point where we trust our shepherd so much that we lean back, we let go. And here's what I learned that moment that I let go. I wasn't actually letting go of control. I was letting go of the illusion that I was in control. I had to let go. You see, this this trust thing is a big deal, and, and here's why. You will never follow that which you do not trust. So again, you can be around Jesus, You can know information about Jesus. You you can know a lot of stories. You can even quote things that Jesus said. But unless you trust him, you will never actually follow him. And here's what I know. If we are sheep, which we are, and Jesus is our shepherd, which he is, if we don't trust the shepherd, we are left to our own. We're left to our own. I don't know the last time you looked at a photo of a sheep, have you noticed they don't have a lot of great defense mechanisms? Like they don't have these big, like sharp teeth. They don't got armor. They're just like sitting there for a wolf or any type of predator to come and and, and attack them. But today, if you're thinking, well, Tyler, you're you're saying that I should trust Jesus, but, but why? See, I could try to come up with a lot of great thinking arguments, uh, convincing statements of why I think you should trust Jesus. I'm going to share a few thoughts in a moment, but, but understand this. Here's the answer why Jesus is worthy of our trust as our good shepherd. The answer, it's, it's both simple 
but it's also profound. We can trust Jesus as our good shepherd because he's the shepherd who laid his life down for the sheep. In fact, this is one of the things that Jesus is talking about. We, we learned last week, John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus, he's come that we might have what? Life and have it to the full. But before that, he says, there's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is talking about false shepherds that had risen up who, who were taking advantage of the flock, hindering the flock, hurting the flock. And Jesus says, no, 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 you gotta understand, I'm different. I've come that you might have life and that you would experience it abundantly. See, again, friends, I, I wanna challenge you with this thought. There's a big difference between liking Jesus and trusting Jesus. And here's my prayer as I was thinking about you this week, as I was praying for you this week, some of us, we are just white knuckling it on the edge of a cliff, going, Jesus, is there any other option than letting go? The answer is no. You gotta lean back. You gotta let go. You gotta trust him. But he can be trusted, why? Because he's the shepherd who laid his life down for the sheep. So I want you to wrestle with this question over the next few moments as we jump into John chapter 10. Will I or am I trusting Jesus as my good shepherd? Look with me, John chapter 10, we're gonna jump in at verse 11. John 10, verse 11. Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. Can you say good shepherd? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he's not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he's a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. Now notice, Jesus makes an important statement there about the nature or the character of the hired hand, but listen to the contrast, his very next words, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Repetition, two times he says he is our good shepherd. Five times in four verses, Jesus declares that he's going to lay his life down for his sheep. This is important because throughout Scripture, both in the Old and the New Testament, God uses this metaphor, this picture that, that's a little bit disconnected from us as, as modern readers and modern listeners, but God uses this image that he desired to be a shepherd for his people who were like a flock of sheep that he truly cared for. As you read through the book of Psalms and even some of the prophets in the Old Testament, there's these images and these words about God desiring to be a shepherd to his people, and yet some of the people who were designed to be shepherds, they were neglecting their work. They were taking advantage of the sheep. They weren't doing what God had intended, but there was always this prophetic promise and this prophetic hope that the day would come when God would be among his people as a shepherd to the sheep. Can I tell you that has been fulfilled in Jesus? He's our good shepherd. 
As we look at John chapter 10, we see this journey through these verses of of Jesus being the shepherd who, who gathers his sheep. Jesus is the one who guards his sheep. We talked about that last week as him being the gate. But now, this week, we're going to focus not only on the one who gathered and who guards, but he also is the one who gives his life for the sheep. See, it's important for us to remember, Jesus doesn't say he's just good at shepherding or he's a good shepherd. Jesus says he is the good shepherd, the good shepherd. And do me a favor, try, try your best mentally right now to, to return to the world in which Jesus is communicating this truth. I know we live in the, the Pacific Northwest. Come on, we live in the evergreen state. How many know there's a reason why it's called the evergreen state? Because it never stops raining. And uh, we, we have no lack of evergreen trees, no lack of moss. Like, it's, it's the world we live in. But Jesus is communicating this truth in a little bit more arid space. In fact, the world in which Jesus is communicating this, there's, there's rocky mountains. There, there is some pasture land up in the, the northern part of Israel. But, but where Jesus is communicating this truth, people understood the imagery of a wilderness and the need for a shepherd to be able to navigate his flock through spaces that were threatening like the wilderness. Places where, where food and water sources were scarce. Places where predators are everywhere and they know that sheep are vulnerable. And in that backdrop, Jesus looks at these people and he reminds them, listen, I am the good shepherd. But Jesus, I, I don't know if I can let go. Well, here's some thoughts on why we can trust Jesus as our good shepherd. Number one is this, our shepherd keeps a focused watch on his sheep. You see, a, a good shepherd paid attention. And this matters, why? Because we live in such a distracted world, don't we? And yet Jesus, he, he does not suffer from distraction. He doesn't have notifications going off that's gonna rob his attention from you. You see, this matters why? Because Jesus sees you. He, know, he knows what you've been going through. He knows what you're walking through. He knows you. He's, he's aware of where you are at. And some of us, we, we've been going through seasons in life where we feel like we're hanging from the edge of the cliff and we're like, God, don't you care? And yet our shepherd is going, lean back. Let go, trust me. Our shepherd keeps a focused watch on his sheep. Life Center, understand, he, he's got his eye on you. And not just when you're in church. I know some of us, we just got nervous, like, oh wait, he sees everything? Yes, he sees everything. And if that makes you nervous, Pause for a second and ask yourself, why does that make me nervous? Jesus is aware of what you're going through. He knows what you're walking through. He sees every detail. He knows how to care for you, our good shepherd. He has a focused watch. We know that because in verse 14, Jesus said these words, I know my own and my own know me. Focus watch. In the Old Testament, in the book of Ezekiel, 
In chapter 34, God gives Ezekiel a prophetic message, and it's, it's a stinging rebuke to the people who should have been leading the people of Israel well. But instead of being shepherds after his own heart, they, they had their own agenda, their own motives. They, they were led by self-interest instead of the needs of the flock. And so God gives this stinging rebuke to the shepherds of Israel, but then he makes an important statement that ultimately is fulfilled in Jesus. Look at what it says, Ezekiel 34, verse 11. God says this, For this is what the Lord God says, See, I myself will search for my flock and look for them. As a shepherd looks for his sheep on the day he's among his scattered flock, so I will look for my flock. I will rescue them from all the places they have been scattered on a day of clouds and total darkness. God is reminding them that ultimately in Jesus, this is going to be fulfilled, that even though his people have been scattered, they were scattered in exile, they were removed from their homeland, God kept a focused watch on them. He knew exactly where they were at. And God would be the one who would walk among them and lead them back to himself. Jesus sees you. Today, if you feel unseen, maybe you feel unseen by the world around you, maybe you feel unseen by your boss or by your spouse or your family or your neighborhood, whatever it might be, be encouraged. Jesus sees you. He, he sees what's inside of you. He knows what's going on, friends. He, he keeps a focused Watch. Second, understand our shepherd protects his flock from danger and from enemies. This is one of the things that I love about Jesus because at times I'm convinced I can defend myself. Anybody else ever made that mistake? As a sheep, like I'm, I'm like trying to come at my enemies, you know? It, it doesn't work very well. Think about it. I know that looks ridiculous, but that's what we look like when we're trying to fight our own battles. Some of you, yeah, you can bench a lot, but can I tell you, you look like a sheep. Like, you know, just like trying to defend yourself. Guess what? You don't have to be your own defense system. Jesus is your good shepherd. Our shepherd protects his flock from danger and from enemies. You see, in John chapter 10, some of you are not going to get that image out of your mind. Okay, so just leaving that there. Maybe that'll show up on social media this week. Jesus is committed to you experiencing life. He said this, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. Life. Jesus is committed to you experiencing life. So much so that he steps in front of us and takes on our enemies. He lays his life down. He stood up against our greatest enemies, sin, death, and the grave. And I have good news, friends. He was victorious because he's alive again. He's the lamb that was slain, but understand, he didn't stay slain. He rose again in victory. He took on the enemies that we could not take on ourselves. See, five times in four verses, Jesus says, I lay my life down. For my sheep. Tyler, I, I don't know if I can let go. Tyler, I, I don't know if I can really trust Jesus. See, that's the dynamic about faith. 
you won't fully know until you lean back, let go, and trust. Taste and see that he is good. Taste and see that, that he's the one that can be depended upon. You see, Jesus, that, the fact that he would lay his life down for his own sheep, this is a radical idea. Why? Because many of the shepherds were just hired by the owner. And how many you know a hired person treats your stuff different than the owner does? Some of you, you've rented a car recently. You drove that car. You treated that. Come on, let me see some nods. You treated that car different. Why? Because you weren't the owner. You were just hiring it out. You see, here's what we need to know. Jesus knows how to protect us. And what this means, and we can't lose sight of this, there is real danger and real enemies that we face. Understand, there's, there's a real spiritual battle going on over your life, over your family, over your career, over your health, over your finances. There is real enemies, there is real danger, but here's the good news, Jesus is our protector. He's our defender. And so don't, don't leave today going, man, I, I got this. See, the message of the gospel is this, you don't got this. Jesus got this. He is our victory. There's real danger, there's real enemies, but Jesus was and is committed to taking on our enemies. See, when we lose sight of this, we so quickly forget that there's things that a shepherd sees that the sheep will never see. There's certain things that, that a shepherd will notice. The, the shepherd will see the thing creeping in the shadows and the sheep is just sitting there not even paying attention. But because the shepherd is aware, because the shepherd is skilled, he knows and he sees what we can't see and he's willing to step in and defend and protect us. Jesus is our protector. Here's the third thing that I want you to be aware of, why you can trust and follow Jesus as your good shepherd. Number three, our shepherd makes sure his flock is fed and taken care of. Come on, how many of you love to be fed? Stop being so shy. You know you love it. Come on, there's nothing quite like showing up and somebody's thought through all the details, they prepared everything, and all you gotta do is sit yourself down and eat. Our shepherd make sure that his flock is fed and taken care of. Jesus knows how to provide for you. So for those of you who are nervous about that, that career change that you're about to make, or those of you who are wondering how the bills are gonna get paid this next month, can I remind you, our shepherd knows how to feed us and take care of us. He's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11 Again, God is speaking through one of his prophets and Isaiah declares this about God. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. See, God's people had experienced life in exile in a foreign land, in a distant land, and yet God continued to promise, the day's coming where I will bring you back. And the beautiful picture is this, that God doesn't yell from a distance, hey, good luck finding your way home. He goes to where sheep are, and he leads and he guides them back with care. 
See, one of the dynamics, especially in that arid environment, a shepherd had to be attentive and pay attention. Why? Because where the flock was currently grazing eventually would run out. If the sheep stayed too long in one place, the food would run out. And so a shepherd always had to have one eye on where the flock was currently grazing and where are we headed next. Can I tell you, Life Center, there's times that we have to be willing to follow where our shepherd is leading us. Why? Because if we just hang out where it's comfortable, eventually the food gets depleted and people start to starve. We want to listen and follow the voice of our good shepherd. Why? Because he knows how to keep us fed and taken care of. Jesus, he's, he's committed he, he reminds us in John chapter 10, verses 12 through 13, listen, I'm not like a hired hand. I'm committed, committed to the point to lay down my life. Jesus says a, a hired hand, the first sign of danger, what do they do? They, they take off. You see, a hired hand only has to be faster than the slowest sheep when danger shows up. Aren't you thankful that Jesus doesn't look at you when you're lagging behind going, whoa, Sorry, if you fall behind, that's on you. No, Jesus, he, he steps in front of the danger. He, he took on our enemies. He is our protector, but he also is our provider. He knows how to keep you fed. Today, if, if you're hungry, remember, Jesus is the bread of life. Feast on him. Let him meet the, the hungry needs in your soul, the things that no amount of career advancement or money in your 401k will ever be able to satisfy the way that Jesus satisfies your soul. So fourth and final thing, our shepherd makes sure to lead and guide his flock to the best location. To the best location. Last week, we looked at John chapter 10, verse 9, and Jesus says this, I am the gate, and those who, who come in through me will find good pasture. I'm thankful that in my journeying with Jesus, even though there's times that, that I feel like I'm holding on to the cliff going, Jesus, is there any other option? I don't know if I want to let go right now. The moments where I finally let go and relented and trusted the good shepherd it always leads me to a place that's better than what I could have imagined. Our shepherd knows how to lead us, but understand the place that he desires to lead you is a better location. See, this matters because Jesus, what he's going to do is he's going to lead us both individually but also collectively to a place that is best for us. Why? Because he cares for us. I love last week, Pastor Tyler, he, he made the statement that God calls us sheep not because we are dumb. I was so encouraged by that. I was like, amen. Because I don't want to be dumb. Anybody else not want to be dumb? I, I don't want to be dumb. And God, he, he calls us sheep not because we are dumb, but because we wander. We wander, don't we? Some of you who have been in church for a long time, you remember an old song that simply says this, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. These hearts are, are prone to wander, but understand God has a plan to lead us to the best location. He can do better than your five-year plan can do for yourself. He knows how to lead us, but, but will we listen 
And will we trust? Will we trust Jesus as our good shepherd? Life Center, understand, Jesus is leading us and guiding us to our best location. Come on, he's got more in front of us, amen? He's got more than we can ask or imagine. And I believe that not just for us as a church community, I believe that for your marriage. I believe that for your career. I believe that for your relationships, that if we will listen to the good shepherd, he will lead us and guide us to the best location. But will we trust the good shepherd? Will we trust? You see, our trust is revealed in our following. Because you'll never follow that which you do not trust. And we can trust Jesus because he's the shepherd who laid his life down for the sheep. He laid his life down. But we can't miss this. He also laid his life down for the world. What that means is he laid his life down for Tacoma, amen? He laid his life down for Pierce County, right? He laid his life down for the Northwest. He laid his life down for the entire world. And as I shared at Vision Night, in Pierce County, there's over 633,000 people who are disconnected from Jesus and his church. And we want to see that number decrease and the kingdom of heaven increase. Why? Because those people are like sheep without a shepherd. And in fact, seven days from now, next weekend, I have an assignment for you for the next seven days. I want you to pray and ask God, God, who are the names? Who are the people that you're wanting me to introduce to the Good Shepherd this year? And we're gonna give you an opportunity to add names. You notice names from Vision Night on these walls behind me. Next week, you're gonna have the opportunity to march up on this stage and write your own names down. People that you're gonna pray for, people that you're believing for, that they are going to encounter the Good Shepherd. Why? Because Jesus' heart breaks when he sees people who don't have a shepherd. In fact, we read this in Matthew chapter 9. Verse 36, it says this, that, that Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion on them. Why? Because they were distressed and dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. Do you know there's people walking our streets? There's people that we sit in cubicles next to. There's people in our apartment complexes that, that they don't know Jesus. They're like sheep without a shepherd. But here's the good news. Many of us, we've come to know the good shepherd, haven't we? In fact, I love what 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25 says. It says this, that, that each of us, each of us, we have been like sheep going astray. Anybody else remember your strained seasons in life? Anybody else remember those moments where, where you were like a sheep wandering, but then something happened? The gospel met us. There was this invitation to come home, to, to be at the Father's table. See, I love this, this verse. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. Come on, I can't wait for that to be other people's testimony. I can't wait for that for your neighbor, for your coworker, for your children, for your family members. I can't wait for that to be the story of countless others in the year ahead. So between this Sunday and next, will you take time to pray? 
Just say, God, who, who are the people that you want me to pray for that they're gonna meet the good shepherd this year? We're gonna pray, we're gonna believe. We're gonna believe for it, amen? Amen. Would you do this today? I wanna read one more passage and I'm gonna invite you to simply close your eyes for a moment. Because these are familiar words. They're the words of David, a young shepherd. But as you listen to these words, I want you to listen with Jesus in view as your good shepherd. Psalm 23. David writes these words. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I Rest in that truth. The Lord is your shepherd. In him, you have all that you need. 